Roberts. I'm here to do another post today on our Year of Polygamy series, helping us understand our history and some of these important women involved in early LDS polygamy. So today's podcast is on Patty Bartlett Sessions. And Patty Bartlett Sessions was an amazing woman. And we, we know quite a bit about her because she kept extensive um, journals, particularly as they were crossing the plains and coming to Utah. Patty was a, a midwife through Nauvoo and coming across the plains and, and also into Utah and has incredible stories. So we'll, we'll get started with hers, hers now. Patty Bartlett was born February 4th, 1795 in Bethel, Maine. She was the first of nine children born to her parents, Enoch Bartlett and Anna Hall. Anna was Enoch's second wife. His first wife died, but prior to her death, they had had 10 children. All but one of Patty's full siblings lived to adulthood. Because there were more girls than boys, Patty spent much time working the fields with her father. Patty's, bar- Patty's parents were not well educated, but they taught her the alphabet, and she went to school where she learned to read and write. Patty wrote of her mother, I feel thankful that I had a mother that put me to work when I was young and learned me how. Of Patty's father, Patty's son Peregrine wrote, My grandfather made no pretensions to religion and never belonged to any sect. He was a very liberal man to the poor and was honest and upright in all his department, in all his deportment, and taught his children to work and always to speak the truth, to deal justly with all, to live virtuous, and to not take that which was not their own, so much as an apple from a neighbor's tree without leave. On June 28, 1812, 17-year-old Patty married 22-year-old David Sessions. Patty's parents did not approve of the marriage and refused to help Patty and David start their new life, as they did their other children. Many years later, her father said, Oh, Patty, you made a good choice, better than I should have made for you. Patty and David moved to Ketchum and lived with David's parents. David's mother, Mother Sessions, was not in good health, but often helped deliver babies. One laboring woman was not doing well, and they were asked to run Mother Sessions. Or let's see, they were asked to run. Mother Sessions was feeble, and Patty was able to get there much quicker. Patty had never delivered a baby before, but by the time the doctor arrived, Patty had taken care of everything. The doctor encouraged Patty to continue in midwifery due to her natural gift for it. In 1813, David bought some land in Ketchum and started their own farm. Patty took in weaving jobs to add to the family income. Their first child, Peregrine, was born June 15, 1814. David continued buying land and soon had a 400-acre farm and a grist mill. On June 13, 1816, their second son, Sylvanus, was born. Not long after, Patty began to be interested in religion. She was baptized into the Methodist Church in October of 1816. Patty and David's first daughter, Sylvia, was born July 31, 1818, and a second daughter, Anna, was born March 21, 1820. A year later, David's parents, were, David's parents surprised them by moving in. Mother Sessions was confined to a wheelchair at this point, and, and Patty was responsible for her care. One day as she was moving her, Patty's arm slipped and her elbow was caught, which pulled, so from, from her journal, which pulled my elbow cap out of place. The pain was very great, but when Mother Sessions asked if she had hurt me, I said, I guessed not. Patty managed to get her mother-in-law into the chair and then went to the front room where a girl was serving for her. 
I told her to take hold of my, my hand and hold it still and to let me pull it back and straighten my arm. She did so, and I pushed it into place and put my arm in a sling. When David came home and asked what Patty had done to her arm, she replied, only some rheumatism. Here in her early life, we see the roots of Patty's later skill at practical doctoring as well as her innate toughness. Patty's fifth child, David Jr., was born May 9th, 1823. In September, two-and-a-half-year-old Anna fell ill with the colory morbus, which was severe stomach upset, vomiting, and diarrhea. She died four days later. Mother Sessions also fell ill and died on October 1st. Nearly a year later, Father Sessions also passed away. On March 16, 1825, Patty gave birth to another daughter, who they also named Anna. Two years later, her seventh child was born, a son they named Bartlett. Bartlett lived for six months before he died of whooping cough. In 1832, the second Anna, age seven, died of typhoid fever. Much of the family fell ill, and a month after Anna died, Sylvanus, age 16, also died. In 1833, Mormon missionaries made their way into the Sessions family, family's lives. Patty believed instantly, but waited until July 2nd, 1834, when David gave her his permission. And Patty was 39 at the time. On September 12th, Peregrine married and moved his wife in with the Sessions family. The following year, Brigham Young came to Maine and held a conference at the, at the Sessions farm, after which David and Peregrine were also baptized. Around this time, Patty also became a grandmother. After David and Peregrine joined the church, the family sold their farm and mill and livestock and joined the saints in Missouri. The Sessions bought a farm in Far West and began raising corn, potatoes, and wheat. Patty's last child, Amanda, was born on November 14th. In May of 1840, the family moved to Nauvoo. Two years later, Patty's daughter, Sylvia, was married to Joseph Smith. It is not clear whether Patty knew of the marriage, but it is likely she did or found out soon after since she herself was married to Joseph a month later. Patty wrote in her journal, I was sealed to Joseph Smith by Willard Richards, March 9th, 1842, in Newell K. Whitney's chamber, Nauvoo for Eternity. Sylvia was present when I was sealed to Joseph Smith. Patty never lived with Joseph, but according to William Hall, an unsympathetic witness, Patty with another older woman helped educate prospective wives for future polygamous marriages. And I, I've read other cases, too, where that's common, that some of the older women who were involved in um, polygamy work to kind of recruit younger wives. Lots of fun. Let's see, in 1845, um, it was the time when the saints were just starting to leave Illinois. And at that time, Patty's husband, David, took a second wife, Rosilla. Patty would now be living practical polygamy and would find the experience demoralizing and painful. While in Council Bluffs on their way west, Patty wrote in her journal, I have seen many a lonesome hours this week. Mr. Sessions has found some fault with me. Patty struggled being the older first wife and having her husband spend time with his younger second wife. In winter quarters, Patty fell ill and was not expected to live. Uh, she was given a blessing by Brigham Young, and as she recovered, tensions with Rosilla escalated. Finally, David agreed to move Rosilla out of their household. David split his time between his two wives until Rosilla, who refused to work or enter Patty's tent, finally returned to Nauvoo. In June of 1847, Patty wrote in her journal, speaking of Christine Golden Kimball, I laid my hands upon her head, and the power of God came upon me. I spoke great and marvelous things to her. She was filled to the overflowing. She arose and blessed the Lord. One common theme through a lot of Patty's journals um, are instances like this where she she had really powerful experiences giving other other women blessings and they were so powerful that she was you know sought sought after to provide these blessings patty's diary doc 
documents daily life, work, babies delivered, social activities, and endless traveling. On September 24, 1847, she wrote, Got into the valley. It is a beautiful place. My heart flows with gratitude to God, but we have got home all safe, lost nothing, have been blessed with life and health. I rejoice all the time. In November, yeah, so in November, after after arriving in the in the in the valley, that's when she gave that blessing to um, Christine Golden Kimball, the wife of Heber C. Kimball. Um, in December, David decided, um, obviously he didn't learn from the first time around, he decided again to try taking a second wife. And this time he married uh, a woman named Harriet Teeples Wixom. She was a 19-year-old divorcee with one child. David was 60 and Patty was almost 55. Polygamy again caused Patty sorrow and strained her relationship with David. David spent most of his time with Harriet, leaving Patty alone. In July of 1848, he suffered a stroke and returned to Patty's home where she cared for him until he died on August 11th. Patty married John Perry in December of 1851. In her journal, she recorded, I was married to John Perry, and I feel to thank the Lord that I have someone to cut my wood for me. They lived happily for two years until John, age 65, was married to Harriet Perry, um, age 31. John tried to keep both wives in the same house, but Harriet soon wanted her own home and left. John mainly lived with Harriet and visited Patty only occasionally. Um, with her midw midwifery, her garden, and all the other odd jobs she did. John wasn't able to support his second wife either, and in February of 1856, John asked Patty to help care for Harriet. Not long after, David's widow Harriet, a different Harriet, um, re let's see, remarried and left her daughter with Patty. And Patty cared for her until October when she returned to her mother. John Perry died on January 13, 1868, and Patty wrote in her journal about the good man he was. So despite his financial neglect and leaving her much of the time to live with his younger wife, she still cared for him. On July 3rd, 1867, she received her temple ordinances, which included a proxy sealing to Joseph Smith, Jr. Patty worked hard and was well off in her later years. She carefully recorded lending money to others, making donations to the church, and even to Brigham Young. In 1872, she sold her Salt Lake home and moved to Bountiful to be closer to her children. In December of 1873, she dedicated the Patty Sessions Academy, a free school to educate her extensive posterity, as well as others whose parents could not afford an education. On May 4, 1888, she began in her journal, stopped mid-sentence, and never wrote again. She died December 14, 1892. Her obituary read, She was ever a true and faithful Latter-day Saint, diligent and persevering, her whole soul and all she possessed being devoted to the church and the welfare of mankind. She has gone to her grave ripe in years, loved and respected by all who knew her. She had lived a full life, delivering 3,977 babies, with only two what she described as difficult cases. When she died at age 97, she left two sons, 33 grandchildren, 137 great-grandchildren, and 22 great-great-grandchildren. Thank you for joining today for this episode of Feminist Mormon Podcast. 